Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey, Masters, welcome to today's episode of Master Your Coaching Biz, the podcast. And our guest today is Emmanuel Anthony. And Hello. Yeah, and he is, we're excited. He's a human, he's a little bit different than what we're used to, but he's a human behavioral specialist, researcher, writer, consultant, teacher, um, Demartini method facilitator, and an inspirational speaker. So welcome to the show. Emmanuel, so glad that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thank you, Cheryl. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I've been consulting for 11 years. Uh, I've helped clients. I've worked one-on-one and one-on-men. And I've been probably assisted a couple of thousand clients now in our last counting. Uh, But uh, that role first initially started when I had a breakthrough on some emotional challenges I had myself. They specialize in depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, a lot of the common mental disorders, but also working with uh, high-end clientele as well. So um, CEOs and things like that, helping them achieve goals. Or I, I'm really working in all seven areas of life. It's kind of hard to um, explain in one sentence. I work within the physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, family. But the simplest way to put it is I help and assist my clients to achieve their goals. And also I help them to overcome major emotions. And you know, you kind of start off with the emotions as a fundamental and transition up towards life mastery within that yeah awesome all right um so tell me how you know a little bit about how you um got to where you are now so for me uh, i believe like many coaches uh the void creates the value uh, coming to australia i'm 37 today but when i first came to australia at four years old i came from a third world country at the time called Rodriguez, um, right next to a small island called mauritius and when I came to Australia, I barely spoke English and I wanted to figure out how to communicate with the other kids. I didn't know how to do that. So one of the first things I did was I replicated what the other kids were doing. Today, I call it modeling, but back then I just called it copying. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that we know in science is that we have more than five senses, but amongst our five senses, if one of the senses uh, is lacking, the other four senses, it's kind of like it gets dispersed through those. And for myself, because I felt I couldn't express myself, which is obviously what's created the value for being an inspirational speaker and going and speaking so much today, I would watch the popular kids. And if the popular kids did something with their hands, I grew up around a lot of Greeks and Italians, so they, they spoke a lot with their hands. <laughs> I would use my hands. I would see how other people looked at that. And 
that was my reference points to trying to figure out how to communicate. So as I learned English, I kind of learned from my whole body, but then also listening and watching other people to see um, how did that get through and did it communicate to them. Um, I also felt in primary school, I was bullied and picked on. I wasn't physically um, asserting myself and mentally I was quite scared of being pushed. So I listened to a lot of people because that seemed to be a way of have, allowing people in and having them trust me when I felt I wasn't strong enough and uh, building a social network that would protect me. Now, we fast forward across to when I'm about uh, 20, no, 16, 17, probably about 19. Uh, now, this particular stage, I've now overcome the bullying. Um, I'm doing bodybuilding and sports modeling. I'm now uh, highly socially empowered. I'm working at nightclubs and um, very associated with some prestige places within my city. I know a wealth of people. My Facebook's got 5,000 plus people on there. So that's your, your limit about 5,000. So I, I've mastered those areas, but there was one area I just couldn't master. And that was the mental realm. And the more I was spending time on a weekly basis with more people, I noticed that I had to master this inner journey. Otherwise it was going to express itself in the outer world. And I didn't want that to occur. So I started studying. Like any other coach, uh, you start off with the free stuff, especially when you don't have any money. So it was uh, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, um, anybody that came to Melbourne that had either a you know fifty dollars seminar or a free seminar, something where they were grouping them, come, I'd come and I'd listen, I'd take notes. When I was at home, I'd listen all day. Eventually, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I'd say by chance, but I don't believe there are any coincidences rang me and said, there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. John D. Martin from uh, Texas in America. And uh, he's also the world's Guinness Book Record holder for most books read by a human being and the leading human behavioral specialist globally. And I, I didn't never heard of this gentleman, but when I went and heard him speak, it was the first time that I thought to myself, are human beings allowed to be this smart? <laughs> he was talking about physiology, psychology, biology, astronomy, all within one sentence. It, whatever he said within one sentence, I felt took me about five minutes to just kind of pull apart and understand what he was talking about. But then he said something at the end, and this man resonated with me. He said, I'm going to be able to show you through a breakthrough method I have called the D Martini method, how to break through your perceptions and emotions of anybody in under a few hours. And I had about 26 years worth of baggage towards my father that had been running my life. So I signed up for this workshop. And when I attended this workshop, in the first night, when we were learning the D Martini method, in three hours, I let go of every emotion towards my father. And uh, I can't even say this without having tears and gratitude and appreciation for such a powerful moment to me. As I let go of all the emotions towards my father, I looked on stage at John speaking. And as I saw him on stage, I saw the vision of what I've always meant to be. And the minute I let go of 20 years worth of baggage, 20, 26 years, I saw that I was meant to be doing inspirational speaking, research and writing and teaching. And um, I was only a graphic designer at that point, but I could see that the voice and the vision on the inside had always been leading me to that. So when I came home, I was sitting on the bed reflecting on that and thinking, who's going to listen to me? I mean, kind of in a dark room um, a few days later and I'm kind of legs closed in a yoga position. Who's going to listen to me? I'm not anybody. I'm not Dr. John D. Martini. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Deepak Chopra. Um, I've got no audience, no name, no credibility. But I looked at continuing to do graphic design for the next 50 years. I just imagined projecting myself into the future and I had no energy left in my body. And then I revisited that vision that I saw when I broke through all of that baggage around my father, that I was 100 years old speaking on stage. 
and I had more energy and vitality in that region than I'd ever experienced in my whole life. And I knew there and then that's what I was meant to do. And I, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I dedicated something. I said, I'm not going to let anyone or anything, including myself, get in the way of my inspired vision. And I dedicated myself that day, something that my mentor taught me by the interest of cinch. I just wanted to take one baby step every single day because I guarantee that I'd move in the direction of where I wanted. And I'd rather die trying to stand up than live on my knees. So that was 11 years ago. Today yeah. is a much different story, but that's how I uh, got to where I am today. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you said you weren't going to allow yourself to get in the way. And, yes. um, and before we went on record, we talked a little bit about you know, the mindset and the obstacles that new coaches come across. So I would, yeah, let's, let's kind of segue right into that. Cause I think it's very relevant, um, especially to your story where, you know, you, you overcame and you decided to make a step every day, that baby step every day. But what happens when we, you know, we kind of get stuck in the mud, um, with our mindset and our, and our doubts. Well, so in the last 11 years, uh, working with coaches, what I've found was quite often there's a small percentage, either coaches or a small percentage of my clientele, probably 10%, that after breaking through some of their biggest challenges, much like myself, feel inspired to go out and find that their highest value, their vision, mission, and purpose in life is to serve others and help them through coaching. And when they do that, there's a few things I've noticed throughout the years. The first one is, Probably only 5% of people that quit their job and just jump straight into coaching make it. And the other 95% don't. And the reason for that being, they don't have a realistic strategy for accumulating finances. Uh, when you jump out of, let's say, a corporate role or something that has security and you're getting uh, in Australian money, might be different in American, but 1,000, 1,650 or 2,000 plus per week. Then all of a sudden uh, you jump into a business and you're unaware of what is required within a business, you find out that you're the accountant, <laughs> the graphic designer, you're the HR department, you're the coach, you're the complaints department, you're also the content creator. And that's just probably one third of the hats that you've got to wear. And getting lost within all of that uh, and attempting to make sales, eventually the savings or whatever they've cushioned, they've put aside starts to run out very quickly. And those coaches start to doubt themselves and say, I knew I shouldn't quit my job. I can't do this. But it has nothing to do with that. The strategy was off. It wasn't the wisest idea. It would be like me jumping into uh, lifting weights tomorrow and thinking by the end of the year, I would be a Mr. Olympia. <laughs> there's a system and there's a process. And if you apply for that, and if you start to you know, slowly, inch by inch, maybe if you've got a, a job and you start to study after hours, and then once you see that you can actually build up enough clientele, to make half of what you're making consistently, for example, with your wages, then from there saying, I'm going to go part-time. Um, or if you've got what I had, I had five jobs. And I said every single time that what I'm making with my consulting business starts to outdo one of those financially for more than two months, well, it's an unwise financial decision um, to not invest that time into now moving into consulting. It was just a game I played and I knocked off all five at the end of it. But that's one of the first things I want to say. The second aspect is what we were discussing, which is it's a mental aspect in the mental journey. You need to have the sharpest tools, especially depending on the field that you're going into. If you haven't worked on your emotional stuff, you're going to work with people on highly emotional things. It's going to trigger off a lot of things for you. And instead of you being highly present with them, you're going to be having trouble being present with them because really it's reflecting back what you've got on you. So that's the first thing I, I want to say. I utilize the demarcating method because I can guarantee to dissolve the emotions in minutes and hours. 
So I use that within my own life. I don't just teach it to my clients. I drink from the same Kool-Aid as them. <laughs> um, but that mental aspect is easily one of the most challenging um, because as you start your journey, you're going to have trial and error. Uh, you're going to have aspects where you think you're getting it and potentially you're not. You're going to hire professionals to help you. And especially within marketing, there's definitely a trial and error period uh, where you're discovering your avatar and things like that quite often with your marketing team. So you're going to have to be highly resilient and understand that just because something doesn't work doesn't mean that you're not working or the vision doesn't work. It's feedback letting you know that that specific process doesn't work and it's now time to try something new, which gets you closer to what it is that you um, want to achieve and how you're going to do that. If, if I stopped the first time something didn't work, I, I, I wouldn't have gotten into this business. It was kind of like a slow growing process. Worked, worked, didn't think it worked, then it worked, but didn't think. I, I've studied... To give you a good idea of the mental process, I have spent over $350,000 in personal development, evolution, and growth and qualifications. And I consistently went through a comparative study of, okay, I'm going to study this at NLP, try that with 100 clients. Okay, these are the holes within that. Now I'm going to go and transition into timeline therapy. Great. I fixed some of those holes, found new ones. And the more you know, the more you don't know. That's what ends up happening is you discover it, you're genius. So the mental aspect is something that's going to be truly important. The, sec the third aspect that I'll mention is, Having a realistic timetable that doesn't equate to burnout. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, too many people think that uh, we're going to hustle hard, work hard. I, I don't mind hustling, but I feel I should be 10% of it. I should have a realistic strategy that allows me to manage all seven areas of life. That's physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, and family. Uh, I think learning from my clients is one of the wisest things I can do. And especially when I may take a particular case and work on it 70 or 100 times a year. So a few things that I've learned from some very high performers is at times they over-exaggerate the time they put into vocation and financial and there's a physical consequence for that at the end of the year. And for some of my clients uh, who have had heart attacks and things like that, there's a permanent physical consequence, one of which they can't reverse. So as a starting coach, I would recommend that you put together what we call a wealth maximizer calendar. Take the seven areas of your life that I mentioned before. So once again, our physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vacation, family. Put them into time blocks. So if you're working somewhere else and, until you transition into becoming a full-time coach, that's fine. You probably have eight hours. It's going to be vacation as in your career or where you currently are. Put your sleep into there. Then with the rest of the week, divide it out. So you've got enough physical. The body is the vehicle that's going to take you through this. If you don't look after the body, that's like trying to drive a car a uh, hell of a lot of kilometers every day. We're not servicing it or putting the right fuel and all of those things into it. It's going to break down on you. But if you make sure that you have enough fuel to be inspired and energized during the day, it's, it's going to give you a lot of brain power to do the things that you love and feel energized in the process. Every day is going to feel like a blessing instead of um, you know waking up and burning both ends of the candle. Set aside time for financial where you plan. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be an hour a week. Set aside time for social. And social is different to everybody. Social for me, I, I love connecting with people. I work 12 hours a day speaking with people all around the world. That is my most inspired form of social. I used to work in a nightclub. Uh, I did that for about 10 years of my life. I haven't had a drink for about 11 years around there. Uh, I have no interest in socializing over alcohol, but that's what inspires me. And family, whatever inspires you in terms of socializing, place that into there. It's a time away from your work sometimes that really allows you to appreciate your work as well. And as part of family, I always have time for my relationship at the start of the end of the day. I protect those times. My work is like the stock market at a.m. to late p.m. 
if I'm having an early call like I am today, because uh, I'm in Australia and this is America, I mm -hmm. simply shift the goalpost and I finish work a little bit earlier. But if you can do that, you got to find you've got more energy and vitality running through. Every now and then you might find a big deal and you kind of make that the 10%, not the 100%. Otherwise, you're going to want to burn, you're going to burn out consistently. You're going to want to quit this really quickly when the reality is you could do this for a long time doing what you love and still be able to live a highly inspiring and fulfilling life. Yeah. So that's awesome. So that's, you know, that's all about balance really, right? Like just Correct. creating balance in your, in your life, creating balance in your business and not getting overwhelmed or burnt out. And that's actually um, one of my taglines is that, you know, you can create your dream business, um, very successful dream business without overwhelm or burnout, because it's just so easy to fall into those habits where you're going to be burned out and you're going to get discouraged. And you're, and if you're tired, if you're burned out, it makes everything else worse than it is. Right. Yeah. So a few things that you mentioned there, number one, burnout is um, nothing more than a mismanagement of your strategy and your utilization of time. That's it. Um, I've been doing this for 11 years. And I, once again, I can consult with 10 coaches in a week um, and I'm helping them. And one of the first things I always look at is their timetable. It's completely unrealistic. When you set too big a goal and too short a time frame, you end up afterwards doing all kinds of crazy things because you've got too much time on your hands. You don't utilize your time the greatest. When you set too big a goal and too short a time and space horizon, the symptomology is anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you feel anxious. And that's not what's wrong with you. It's a feedback to let you know, set more realistic horizons within that. I like to set a goal that has about 10% buffer um, within that. And that usually makes me feel quite comfortable. We need deadlines. Otherwise, we don't do anything at all. Uh, but if the deadline's too far out, we find we just flake around and don't utilize our time. It doesn't lead to an inspiring life. Um, the next thing you said is overwhelm. Uh, something that I, I've done consistent videos with online is uh, the state of overwhelm. And that's merely when you're thinking about everything that you've got to do and doing nothing at all. <laughs> it's a complete opposite of productivity. And the greatest way to come overwhelmed, there's a few different strategies that I tell uh, my clients that I remember I had an office in Melbourne in, in one of the most uh, affluent areas called Turak. It's absolutely beautiful. And the trees touch in the middle and the light comes through and there's this multi-million dollar properties on the left of you. And then there was a, a beautiful office that I was in. And every now and then when there was a lot of things that were due in that week and I found myself in a state of overwhelm, the first thing I would do would get is get oxygen and leave the space that I was in, even for just five minutes. Quite often we can get into a space of thinking the same way in the office or the whatever environment we're working in starts to get stale. I wanted to get outside. So I'd walk outside. I was already inspired by the visuals of what I was seeing in the family vision that I wanted to create in the future. But as I got oxygen through my system and as I went for a walk, I noticed I started to think differently. Then, and then when I got back into the office, I realized that there was no way in the world that I would be able to get a haircut, do my taxes, speak to my mom on the phone, eat pasta and drive a car at the same time. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Right. Okay. Even, even doing two of those would be um, uh, highly challenging. I realized that I could only ever do one thing at a time. There's a great book called The One Thing. And it discusses the fact that when you think you're multitasking, you're not. Nobody multitasks. Um, you simply pull all of your energy and focus and request 100% of your attention from this amazing thing called the human brain um, and your neurology towards one subject with absolute precision. And you can do it fast and effortlessly. 
or when you think you're doing two things, one of them is taking 60% of your attention and the other one's getting a kind of byproduct 40%. When you think you're doing three things, one may be getting uh, 50% or 60 and the other one's getting maybe 40 and one's getting 10. You're not, you're just merely doing a couple of things in a very average way. So I then realized that no matter what I think about these 100 tasks, I can only do one at a time. So then I would just write on a sheet of paper, what is the priorities out of all of these tasks? And your priorities and the reasoning for them may be different to mine. Once I had the priorities, I'd put a time slot aside. And that was it. I didn't have to think about any of the others. They had now been given allocations within my timetable, whether within that day or throughout the week. And my job was only to focus on that one thing to the greatest degree that I could. And I'd set an alarm for it. And some people are a little weird with alarms. I personally love them. They just remind me, hey, you've got X amount of time left. And yeah. at the end of that, I'd reassess. But the minute that I did that, by the inches of cinch, I'd go for each one of those very, very easily. So uh, a state of overwhelm is merely you considering all of the things that you've got to get done. But you'll get there, but you've got to pick the highest priority things, focus on those, knock each one out of the way. And that builds confidence because as you take each one, it's like climbing um, up a set a ladder or something, you build confidence saying, hey, I did that. I can do that again. And then you take the next one, which is only 5% out of that boundary usually, and you keep growing and evolving from there. So you'll have states of overwhelm, but if you apply those strategies, you should be able to overcome them considerably fast. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I, I like Tom, time blocking, either using like a Pomodoro technique or just like you said, just putting a little timer and doing it until you finish a technique or finish a task. But I love that because we do need to take our time and do one thing at a time because it's not going to be good. Like we're going to be, we're going to have subpar work if we're yes. dividing up our attention. And who wants that for our clients and for ourselves? I don't. So <laughs> well, I you, can... you notice it. I mean, if yeah. I'm writing an email, so say today I've got a blog, I've got interviews, I've got client calls. There's, there's a couple of things that um, require to be done. But if a client's messaging me and I'm trying to message them back at the same time, I'm trying to write a blog um, online, then there's going to be spelling errors on one of those. I guarantee <laughs> most likely my client, because I'll quickly write it and send it. Then I look at it and I go, oh my goodness, really? That is absolutely, I mean, half of the spell check things that I expect spell check to get and it doesn't get right sometimes usually end up being offensive anyway. So I've really got to check. Uh, I had a period a couple of years ago where my friends would say, you know, you called me an idiot again. And I said, no, I didn't. I checked and I go, I didn't say that. I said this. And they said, well, you've, you've offended me five times this week. <laughs> so uh, the spell check just kept getting it wrong. So the wisest thing you can do is just focus on that one particular task, put everything to it. And it's usually faster to do it that way as well. And you find greater levels of inspiration and you're much more present and appreciative when you complete that as well. There's always going to be a lot of things for you to do. I mean, even when I look at my calendar, my, my goal, when I look at it, and if most people looked at my calendar, they'd have anxiety. There's so many things in there in a day, but I'm only looking to achieve 80% of it because I realize that if you're running a successful business, you're going to have more at the end of the day that came in than what you actually had at the start of the day. <laughs> That's, That's right. What, yeah. You're going to have more people calling you, podcast opportunities, clients, all of that. You're going to have way more. So I'm not looking to achieve 100%. 80% for me is a great cut because sometimes I may look at my tasks and say, I only got 70% done, but today we had a massive day in sales and we're going to be serving a large group of people and some corporations and some speeches. And we invested that time into that. And that's a high priority. That's fine. Move the goalposts, shift some of those items, shift my calendar. That's simply the way that it works. And, um, and that's what it means to be successful. So 
I think in that, you know, resetting your goalposts as well and understanding that not getting everything done in a day doesn't mean you're not successful at times. It actually means that you are, but understanding that that's going to occur, especially if you're successful and in demand. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. All right. So what, um, we're kind of coming, winding down here to to time, but what is the uh, most inspiring message that you could give to the coaches listening in? Well, if I really had to think about it, there's, there's two that come as part of one. Number one, do what you love and love what you do. I don't think I have to tell a lot of coaches that because if you're listening to a podcast like this, there's a voice and a vision on the inside that's probably guiding you towards something magnificent. But the second one would have to be, and this is specifically for coaches, by the inches of cinch. I think it's the major message of what we've been discussing today. Set realistic strategies that give you 5% from where you are right now. Have the ultimate goal that's like 150% more than where you are in terms of what you're looking to achieve, but focus on the 1% every single day. And that's all I did. I didn't, I hadn't read much. Um, I wasn't much of a speaker. Um, I didn't pass a lot of the subjects in school unless they were graphic design or art related. So I had to relearn all of those um, to learn how to articulate myself the way I do today. But I just focused on one particular thing a day in all seven areas of life and said, I've just got to put 100% of my time, energy and focus into that. And if you do that and you kick butt that day, you give yourself permission to kick butt the next day. Next thing you know, it's three, four, five years later, people will come to you and they'll say, how did you go from where you were to where you are now? And they'll look at you because they'll look at that massive vision of, you know, that was such a different person. But if you just focus on that 1%, you'll say, well, I never really, that was the aim, but every single day I've just got 1% that I've got to focus on and put 100% of my energy into. And anybody can do that. Yeah, awesome. All right. Um, So you have a free gift uh, for the audience. I believe it's a strategy session. Correct. So I like to think that uh, the greatest connections always start with a conversation. And uh, you may be watching a podcast like this and feel very inspired to connect with myself or one of my consultants. So one of the greatest things is that we can offer you is our time. So we have what's known as a 20 minute discovery call. If you're a coach, you're probably very familiar with discovery calls. And in that we have a conversation about where you are, what you're most inspired to achieve, what your blockages are and what your major challenges are. Within that phone call, we'll be able to let you know how you got to where you are, what's occurring physiologically, psychologically, um, how you can transition forward and what the exact time frames and guarantees that we can give you within that are. So it's a, it's a beautiful call and we get an opportunity to see if we'd be a, a suitable fit to be able to connect to each other and achieve some amazing results. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emmanuel, for joining us today. And thanks guys for hanging in uh, for another episode of the podcast and I'll see you next time. Thank you very much for having me. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.